to Everything a Season, Lutheran Reflections Through the Church Year, a weekly devotional series based on readings relevant to the current liturgical season. You can watch this series live on our YouTube page every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks for tuning in, and now on to this week's discussion. Welcome. We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to To Everything a Season, Lutheran Reflections Through the Church here. My name is William Green, and as always, I'm joined by Pastor Brian King. We're here today to look at the epistle reading for this coming Sunday, which is 1 Corinthians 9, 16 through 27. But before we do that, we do want to make one uh, important announcement. Um, for the season of Lent, uh, we will be moving our live broadcast to Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, so everyone can go to their local uh, Lent service on Wednesday nights. Right. And so after we do these live, they're up on the YouTube channels and Facebook and um, and they're posted uh, as a podcast as well. So they'll just be up early. Yep. That's right. Yep. If you're a podcast listener, the podcast will go up now on Wednesday morning instead of Thursday morning. So we have one more week at our normal time. So next week uh, we'll be here live Wednesday, 7 p.m. like we always are. And then uh, the following week, starting on February 13th, we'll shift to our Tuesday night schedule for Lent. Okay. Right. Thank you. Shall I read our epistle reading? Yes, please. Okay. That is from 1 Corinthians 9. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting, for necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I am still entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my reward? That in my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Here ends our reading. Great. Thank you, Pastor. So we'll spend most of our time talking about the second section here, starting at verse 19. But before we get to that, let's just talk about the the first few verses um, kind of generally. So Paul here is talking about not um, charging a fee uh, for preaching the gospel, not taking any money. Um, do you want to speak to the significance of that? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. And his big point is that he did not choose to proclaim the gospel to be a minister, mm-hmm. 
but that Christ assigned him to that even before he was born. Right. And that he, you know, like the like the servant in the parable who who fixes his master's meal and sits down, does the master say, oh, thank you? No, the servant's just doing what he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And that's Paul's attitude here is, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm a slave. I'm a servant. In, in Acts, he, the terms even use like an underservant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he puts himself lower than a servant. And so servants don't get paid, at least in Old Testament or New Testament times, Old Testament times, when they were slaves. Right. And he refers to himself as a slave. He's been bought with a price, the shed blood of Christ. He doesn't get paid. So he regards himself as doing this out of obedience, not out of him wanting to do it on the one hand. Right. Right. You know, he's he's, he's not saying, I don't want to do this, but he's doing it for a different reason. And then also the idea that he doesn't want anyone to accuse him of doing it for money. Right. Yeah. Trying to show that he's not out this for at this for any sort of like material gain or yeah. position of power or something like that, right? Right. That's like important. most of us pastors are, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, good. Let, let's move on to the main talking point we wanted to address tonight. I think this is where uh, most people's eyes are going to go when when they read this passage. Is that Paul here is saying he becomes all things to all people, so that he might in essence, become a, a better evangelist and win more people to Christ. Yeah, that's it's an interesting concept, isn't it? It is. So th- there are several things uh, we can talk about here. Let's let's first address what exactly he means here. I think at first glance, people can get, get the impression that he's almost being insincere. Like, is he saying that he takes on these different personas depending on who he's with or who he's sharing the gospel with? Like it's almost like he's playing different parts, right? like a chameleon. Yeah, yeah. He must just blend in, and yeah. So, I mean, can you actually try? Who is he then? Right. That'd be my question. Well, who are you then if you're not this, 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 or that that you claim to be? Right. On the one hand, I don't think he's being insincere. Okay. And you know, the verse verse twenty here. Um, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. To the Jews, I became a Jew in order to win the Jews. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Um, but so here's the the kicker: I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. Mm-hmm. That's the point. He wants to serve them, and in serving them, he wants to be part of. In a way, he wants to be accepted into their group. Right. And, and I don't mean that in some big big way, but on a personal level, he wants to be acknowledged. And here's the big thing: he wants to be listened to. Right. Right. And we, we see this in our own lives, I'm sure. Like there are probably certain communities we're a part of that aren't like church communities, like whether it be associated with some hobby or um, a sport you like to play or something like that. You, um, when you have that sort of community and uh, you're kind of all speaking the same language, participating in the same activities, there's a sort of mutual trust that comes along with that. And um, it can in some ways make your witness uh, more influential in some ways. Well, right? here, let's even take it a little step further now. Sure. As you're talking, I'm thinking, which is a good thing. <laughs> so sometimes I don't think, but my wife's a teacher. Mm-hmm. She can go into her school and go into the teacher's lounge and talk to people there. Mm-hmm. 
I can't. Right. Okay. Right. So think about that. She's got 70 or 80 teachers, co-teachers, EAs and ECEs that she can then talk to that I, I really don't have access to in that place. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of at the heart of what Paul's talking about. So he becomes a Jew so he, so he can go hang out with his Jewish friends. Mm-hmm. You know, he becomes weak so he can relate to the weak. He, you know, he, people have to somehow relate to you before they're going to listen to you. Right. That's what Paul's saying. Right. They've, they've got to think I understand them or that I can relate to them. Otherwise, they're not going to hear the words I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's inserting himself in these different communities for the sake of the gospel, essentially. Yes, yes, yes. Putting himself under the law or acting like one, uh, maybe joining some Jewish people in their Jewish customs uh, so that they he can relate to them. I always use the example of playing basketball. I played basketball, just a men's pickup league for, I don't know, 20 some years here in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And I did have opportunity to, to share the the gospel with some of those guys I play ball with and, and help them through some interesting times, mm-hmm. difficult times. But if I hadn't been playing basketball, I would have never met those guys and would not have ever had that opportunity. Right. So that's what Paul's talking about. He, he becomes weak so he can help the weak. He, all these things. So I don't think it's I don't think it's insincere. I don't think it's manipulative. I think it's simply I I'm making myself a servant to these people. Right. Yeah. And so for our modern cultural context, if we're trying to take away um, some point of practical application here from Paul, do you think uh, it would be wise then to kind of do what Paul did and insert ourselves in these different kind of non-Christian communities to <laughs> essentially do what Paul did and um, you know, find camaraderie there and find community there so that we can ultimately share the gospel with these different people groups. Yeah. Although for me, and this is just my opinion, I don't think it's necessarily sincere to go join a club so that you can meet people so that you can share the gospel. Yeah. Okay. I see. I see what you mean. Yeah. You know, Paul is, Paul is dealing with people and, and as he deals with them, he tries to be relatable. Mm-hmm. But if you like to learn about pottery, well, then when you're at pottery classes, then this is where you share the gospel. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm saying share the gospel where God has called you to be. Don't necessarily try to invent things that you should go do in order to share the gospel. Then it's not natural. It's not normal. Yeah, that's a good you've distinction. Got, yeah, you've got a hidden agenda. Yeah. And I, and I don't think that I don't think that represents the church as well when we have hidden agendas. Yeah. Yep. Definitely see what you mean there. Yep. So maybe just a call to, um, you know, make ourselves uh, relatable in these certain scenarios that we find ourselves in, and uh, make sure we're making the sorts of connections that are amenable to sharing the gospel with with someone. Maybe we can phrase it like that. Yeah, I think I think the more you know, we used to use the phrase frangelism, friends, relatives, and neighbors, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I still, I still goes through my head, you know, my friends, my relatives, my neighbors, whomever I can, my coworkers, whomever I can that, that, you know, try to be like them. We Christian people should not be standoffish. Mm-hmm. And that I think, so Paul's saying, I'm not being standoffish with these people. Right. I'm trying to relate to them where they are doing what they do, all that stuff. And he, there's another up, ahead of or before where our text was for tonight in verse 12 
Um, nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. Mm. So he's trying to remove obstacles so that the gospel can be shared. Right. And that people will hear you, listen to you effectively. Right, right. Now this gets us to maybe a more theologically tricky point. And, and that this is where we'll spend the majority of our time tonight, I think. Um, Paul seems to be saying here that the way that we present the gospel matters, right? So like in verse 19, um, he says he's made himself a servant to all that I might win more of them, right? Yeah. And, and so I guess this is our question and this is the tension we have to wrestle with. So like to what extent do our actions affect how effectively the gospel is spread. Cause when you're reading how, how Paul is speaking here, it almost seems like, um, you know, he's saying I'm doing this thing because this is the effective way of spreading the gospel. Right. Yeah. But I think that can make us Lutherans a bit uncomfortable because we have this idea of salvation that says that it's totally a work of God. Um, you know, apart from any sort of human, uh, agency in a way. Right. And so um, this idea that some people can be more effective evangelists by doing certain things, we start to ask ourselves, oh, could, could I like actually save more people if I presented the gospel in a different way? So like, I, let's start with that question. Does the way that we present the gospel like matter? Does it matter? Yes. Now, let's talk some extremes. Okay. Back in the second or fourth century, there was a group called the Donatists. Mm -hmm. And what was going on is that some Christian people handed over their Bibles or their religious things to the Romans as they're being persecuted. Right. Okay. So they were, they were, so that's where we get the word traitor Mm -hmm. for the Latin word to hand something over, traitere, I guess it is. So they were called traitors. And if they had disavowed Christ, then some Christian people didn't want them to be welcomed back into the church after the time of persecution ended. Right. And they didn't want clergy ministers back in the office if they had been traitors. Right. So what happened was the Donatists said that so this group said, if you're not a true faithful believer, your ministry is invalid. Mm-hmm. Your sacraments are invalid. So baptism is invalid. Lord's Supper is invalid. Your ministry is invalid if you were not um, like a blameless Christian. Mm-hmm. So you have this idea that you have to you have to be a devout, faithful Christian in order to have a, an effective ministry. Right. Well, we regard that as, as, as wrong mm-hmm. that, you know, your pastor could get up after 40 years of ministry and say, uh, you know, I never really believed this. My parents want to be a pastor. So I did it, but thank you for your time to buy. Yeah. And everybody goes, Oh my goodness. Are we married? Are, uh, he baptized our children. Is that all valid? Yes. It, it, it doesn't have anything to do with my faith as I proclaim the gospel. That doesn't make it valid or invalid. The power of the gospel does not come from my faith. Right. That's a hugely important thing. Now, on the other hand, if I'm 
an obnoxious person. What do you mean if? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use this subjunctive for an unreal state. Were I to be an obnoxious person. <laughs> there you go. Um, and no one wanted to listen to me. Then how can I share the gospel with them? Right. I, I mean, right. Seriously. If, 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 you know, if I go around and I'm loud and I'm brash and whatever, and no one wants to talk to me, how can I ever share the gospel with them? No, I, I know exactly what you mean. And like, um, I, I think of some modes of like street preaching this way, where like someone is standing on the street corner with a megaphone, like shouting Bible verses at people, not to, not to disparage all forms of street preaching, but you know, there are some kinds that are just totally ineffective because of the way they're being presented. Like yeah. No it's all, to be... often, often a lot of laws being proclaimed, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's usually like, um, fire and brimstone type preaching. That, even, that's the gospel, even the gospel sounds harsh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus right. loves you. Talk on it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Right. It, it, it's, it's hard. It, it doesn't work too well in our society. Mm-hmm. Not right. So, so we would certainly agree then that there are some ways of presenting the gospel, let's say that are more effective than others. Or would we say that? Yeah, we can say that. I, the, the, the whole point is, that that word of the gospel has to get to the person mm-hmm. and they have, it has to be an effective listening. Yeah. Now getting back to our monergism discussion of a few minutes ago. Yes. It is God who saves God makes willing from unwilling men. Um, God's word does not return to him void. It accomplishes what he sends it for all those things, but God does use people. Mm-hmm to share his message. Right. He uses his word uh, alone with water, with bread and wine to convey his grace, but he uses people. Right. Right. I think maybe one reason we have underemphasized this point is that um, we don't want to discourage people from evangelizing. Like we're called, everyone's called to evangelize. Right. Yeah. Some clergy would say the great commission was given to clergy. I'm not one of those. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. It was given to it was given to his church, mm-hmm. and that and we we are members of his church. We've been called to do this work. Mm-hmm. Right. When we gather together as a congregation, we do have certain organizations and structures, et cetera, et cetera. That's great, but that doesn't change the fact that God, with Christ, gave the great commission to his believers to carry forth. Right. Everyone's called to to be a witness. Well, right. everyone is a witness. The question is, are they a good one or a bad? One? <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 True. Okay. So yeah. yeah, we're called, we're all called to share the love of God with our neighbor, with right. those in our family. Right. And I think there's something empowering about saying it's the word that has all the power. Um, like you as a human can't do anything. It's all the power of the word. Um, and that that's certainly true in a sense. Like Luther talks that way, right? Like Luther constantly downplays his own actions in starting the Reformation. He says the power of the word that did it all. I didn't do anything. And so we as Lutherans talk that way. And um, that is kind of like empowering. Uh, it's freeing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's freeing. Yeah. It, um, it empowers people to uh, evangelize boldly, knowing that they're not responsible ultimately for what becomes of their evangelism, right? They're just called to do it. And um, so I can see perhaps why we haven't been too keen on saying, Hey, some people are more effective at evangelizing than others, 
or even like, Hey, there's a way that you could be more effective than you are now because, um, you know, people will be discouraged by that and they'll say, well, I know I'm not an effective evangelist. Like I, I see other people around me who are better at this than I am. So like, why bother? Right. Or God doesn't want to use me in that way. And so perhaps that's one reason why we don't typically talk like that, you know? No, it's a little dangerous. We think that someone else's salvation depends on us, but it someone else's salvation does depend on another human being. Right. It's rather interesting that, you know, God might not need you particularly to witness to Joe, mm-hmm. but God needs someone to witness to Joe. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, yes. And if you're unwilling, then maybe God's going to have to call someone else to go witness to Joe mm-hmm. or, but here you get Paul. Uh, I want to save people. I want to tell them, I want to save as many as possible. I want to take obstacles out of the way. I want to be involved in this. I'm God's servant. I'm God's, you know, under servant even. Right. And he's, he's given me this wonderful privilege of proclaiming his word and, and being partnered with him in this gospel. Right. And that's what right. God calls all of us to do and be. Yes. Right. Yeah. So l- let me ask a slightly different question then. So I probably didn't answer your first one, but that's. Okay. Oh, no, 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 you did. That was good. Okay. Um, let's ask whether or not uh, our means of evangelizing or our presentation of the gospel affects how many people will ultimately be saved. Because I think that's what people are really worried about. Like people will sit and think, oh man, if I could have just evangelized more effectively to this person, like I could have saved them and maybe, um, you know, they would spend eternity in heaven rather than in hell. And people start thinking about their own shortcomings and how they talk about the gospel with other people. And they, 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 they put that on them. Right. And it does start to become uh, a matter of, oh, I need to do this in order for that person to become saved. Yeah. And their salvation is dependent upon my actions, right? Yeah. Someone else's salvation may be dependent on someone's actions, but not necessarily yours. It, right. we, we, we can't put this burden on people otherwise. And this is part of, part of why we, we balance around with this, or we present this doctrine of election. Mm-hmm. God is going to do this. Mm-hmm. It's secure. It's good. It's done. It's locked in. Oh, by the way, He's going to use you for this. Right. Or he's going to use someone else. Right. So, but God, you know, God loves us so much that he calls us to work with him in this greatest work we could possibly do. And that is bringing other people to knowledge of him. Right. But we can't, we're not, on the one hand, we're not responsible for someone having faith or not having faith on the one hand. But on the other, we could be instrumental in helping them come to faith and helping them in their walk of faith. And we can also damage people's faith if we teach them improperly or teach them improper things, or if we hurt them in other ways, we can harm people's faith too. Where it's, you know, it's sort of like an emergency room doctor. What you do is important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the psalmist says all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So we talk about the number of our days being sad, but yet we still, laud the emergency room doctor who saves a life right because what they did save that life or they didn't save that life well if all the days were written in god's book before you see yeah i see they, what you mean. they're playing the same role we are right 
you can just see the results a little quicker, cleaner if they save someone's life. Right. Yep. Right? And yep. that, and that's quite, and we don't think of evangelism necessarily in such serious terms as saving a life the way mm -hmm. we think of the emergency room doctor performing a quick procedure to stop someone from bleeding to death. Mm -hmm. But in some ways we should. Yep. Yep. So in some ways we, we can affirm that there are ways of evangelizing that are more effective than others. And we can even say that there are probably more individual people that are better evangelists than others. Oh like yeah. More people have like Paul's brought more people to Christ or help, help bring more people to Christ than I ever will. Right. Yep. And um, we can say that, but we can also say simultaneously that our actions ultimately don't have an effect on who's elect. Let's say, would we say that? Yeah, I think I think we have to, in some ways, comfort ourselves with the knowledge that God makes His calling and election sure, but He also yeah. privileges us to work alongside Him in that. Right. But boy, we could really become quite quite neurotic. Yeah. If we took if if we felt that we had to save people. Yeah, and so like a part of this seems to just be, you know, do what you're called to do to the best of your ability, and God can use that. But even if you stumble and um, you don't do something in the ideal way, uh, God can use other people to accomplish that same task or not even other people. He can use whatever means he, he, he would like. Right. Yep. And, and he will ultimately like, we don't need to feel the pressure to individually help bring people to Christ and like make people uh, believe. Right. Um, that's ultimately like only God can do that anyway. Yeah, he, and, he um, makes willing from unwilling people. Right. Gently. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And so maybe that's our consolation there. Like, it's a way of acknowledging uh, just the practical and kind of obvious fact that some people are better evangelists than others, but not um, simultaneously discouraging people from evangelizing in that way. Right. Well, you know, some emergency room surgeons and doctors are better than others. Yeah. 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 I, but we still need them. Right. You know? We still and 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 I always maintained. You know, Forty years ago, this went in my head. If I help one person either come to faith or regain their faith, then my lifetime of ministry would be worth it. Mm -hmm. One person. Yeah. So that's all. Yeah. Yep. That's worth it. Certainly. Yeah. So here it is. This this weird kind of hard to balance act of it's Christ who saves, but he still calls us to engage in that work with him. Mm -hmm. And it's important work and someone needs to do it. Right. Above, above my home congregation, walking to the sanctuary was a sign. I don't know if it's still there or not. Um, no one is so great that God needs him, nor, um, nor anyone so small that God will not seek him. Mm. That's so, good. yeah, it kind of puts us in perspective. It does. Um, we're not needed. God needs people to work for him. He doesn't necessarily need us. He needs people. Mm -hmm. And often, I mean, you know, we're privileged to work for him. And, but, but God still seeks, seeks all. Right. Right. Need us. He wants us and loves us. Right. And yeah. And so there is a sort of comfort in, you know, just do what you're called to do and God will take care of the results yep. and any shortcoming you might have. God will find another means to accomplish his purposes, whether or not that's through you or through someone else or 
yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I planted, Paulus watered, but God gave the increase, right? Right. That, that, that God is the one who brings about this spiritual growth. And oddly enough, he wants us to be involved in sharing that with other people. Yeah. If, if I were God, <laughs> which I'm not, <laughs> but if I were, I, I, you know, I, would I use, you know, people to do that precious right. work? Yeah. He puts a lot of trust in us sometimes, doesn't he? Yeah. So closing thoughts. Um, let's just talk about general practical application for what this means for uh, evangelism. So uh, we acknowledge that ultimately someone coming to Christ is only through the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's done through these different means that God has prescribed through hearing the word um, through baptism, these other things. Yeah. And at the same time, we still have a role to play in that. And, um, because God does use means, right? He's a, he's a God of means. And so we ought to do the best we can in order that God can use us to accomplish his own purposes. Uh, but we shouldn't be dis- made to despair over our shortcomings because he's going to do his purposes regardless of whether he uses us or, or anyone else. Yeah. He, yeah. He doesn't want us to become discouraged. Right. <clears throat> I keep having this image of like the greatest chef in the world cooking wonderful meals. And we, we, his helpers take these wonderful meals out and serve them to people. Mm-hmm. We didn't make the food. We didn't come up with a menu. We're not the master chef. Yeah but we're privileged to take this to someone's table and, and have them thank us for it and, and laud it and all of that. Right. It's, it's kind of that way. We're, we're the chef's public face right? in that restaurant. Well, in, in the world, we are God's public face. Mm-hmm. We, we, we represent Christ as we wander around all of us, mm-hmm. all Christian people represent Christ. That's we're called Christians. The I a N diminutive. That means little Christ, right? Yep. Yep. So we are all little Christ as we go about our business living in Christ. Yeah. Yep. Great. All right. This, this is a good discussion. Uh, I feel like we don't talk about evangelism all that much, especially the particulars, like talking about the theology of how this, how this works, how God's work kind of comes alongside and, and interacts with the things that we do. These are important things to unpack and understand. So this is great. So I've often talked about, you know, playing basketball and ministering to those guys. Well, oddly enough, interestingly enough, um, someone has commented with whom I used to play basketball back in high school. Oh, nice. So I'm going to put his, uh, my friend Daryl, uh, back from, back from Michigan. Well, he doesn't live in Michigan anymore, but we are to introduce Christ to those who don't know him, testify to them and let the Holy Spirit do its convicting. Yep. That's perfectly said, my friend, Daryl. Thank you very much. Really good to hear from you. Uh, that's great. Thank you for, for chiming in and you're spot on, spot on. Yep. And and Laura also said something regarding the Donatus you were talking about, that the message isn't negated by the beliefs of the messenger. And that's right. correct as well. Yes. Thanks, Laura. Yep. Okay. Well, that's great. Nice to have friends reach out and chat a bit. Thank yep. you very much. Indeed. Uh, Will, do you have a... We're done. Do you have a closing prayer for us tonight? Yes, I do. Okay. Then we bow our heads and pray. 
O God, our loving Father, through the grace of your Holy Spirit, you plant the gifts of your love into the hearts of your faithful people. Grant to your servants soundness of mind and body, so that they may love you with their whole strength and with their whole heart, and do these things that are pleasing in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Yeah.